Hi, Victoria. How are you doing today? I'm great. A little wet, but I uh, can't complain. That's good. And can you tell us why we're here today? So we're here because I'm raising money for mental health awareness. I unfortunately lost my dad when I was 10 due to his own mental health issues. He took his own life. And um, that made me go down a deep, dark, dark tunnel myself. And now that I'm on the other side of things, um, I'm just committed to spreading mental health awareness and love and light so that others that are suffering um, know that they're not alone. So yeah. Victoria, you sound like such an inspiration. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank now you. I know that your original intention was to run, but due to an ankle injury, you're now biking and will try to run again in the spring of 2020. Yep. 2022. Yeah. Either, either way, it's not every day you meet someone who is willing to run and, or bike 100 kilometers. You know, what was your inspiration to go such lengths? Um, I'm really passionate about mental health and um, I'm originally born in Hawkesbury so I live in Ottawa now and every year I run in honor of my dad so usually I do however many years it's been since he's been gone so last year it was 13 years since I lost him so I ran 13 kilometers and then this year instead of just adding one kilometer I was like let's just add like 80 some more um, and run all the way back home to really honor him um, and yeah. Perfect. <laughs> And just going off of that, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit more about your father and what he was like? Um, he was my rock. He was a big built man. So anywhere we went, I felt really safe with him. He was funny. Um, you could see some periods where now that I'm older, I can see where he was struggling. Whereas when I was a kid, you don't really understand what's going on, you know? Um, so sometimes he'd isolate, be in his room, you know, be dealing with his own things. But from what I remember, he loved to bike, he loved to adventure with us. Um, I was his little girl, so I kind of got to pick which restaurants we go to, went to, what we did. Um, so yeah, he was, he was amazing. Perfect. And if you don't mind talking about it, can you tell us what it was like immediately after you lost him? Um, it was a big shock. It didn't feel real. You know, you go from seeing this person every day and talking to him and just knowing they're there to all of a sudden they're gone forever and being 10 and going through all this a lot of people hadn't experienced something like this so i felt really alone in my suffering you know i talked to my friends and they didn't really get it and it's obviously not their fault you know now that they're older they've gone through depression as well unfortunately most of them so they kind of see where i what i was feeling and going through um, so in a way, when you find people that also know the pain, you don't feel as alone, you know, you feel as, I don't know, yeah. Right. And uh, just going off of a CBC article that I read, 70% of suicides in Canada are made up of men, and that averages to about 50 deaths a week. With these alarming statistics, would you say that there is a lack of resources slash coverage of men who suffer from their mental absolutely, health. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like men still feel like they have to be tough and be a man and you know hide their emotions when they suffer as much as we do. They're as insecure as us women are, you know what I mean? Like we all struggle. Doesn't matter where you're born, what family you come from, like mental health affects all of us and that's why we need more resources. We need more help. We need to be proactive instead of reactive. Exactly. And going off what you mentioned before, Victoria, I understand that you've had your own battles in the past. Yeah. At what point did things change for you? 
When I started to realize I needed to make the change, you know, I was waiting on my dad or someone to swoop in and save me, but you need to save yourself. And yes, your friends and your environment can help you, but ultimately you make the choices in your life. You choose, you have to choose happiness. You have to choose, hey, it's raining today. It could be, a, I could have a crummy attitude, but I'm choosing to see, hey, I have loved ones here. I'm doing this, like I'm doing something crazy. So I'm focusing on the positives and that's what you have to do in life. No matter what's thrown your way, just like the ankle, we adjusted, we planned something else and we're making the most of it. And that's what you gotta do. Perfect. And with, I think that answer leads greatly into my next question. So can you tell us what your organization Fight for the Light is? So basically, um, it's a nonprofit organization. We're just in the process of getting it fully registered. And what I want to do is spread mental health awareness, have workshops, have talks so people can come in. You can get together. You can actually hear other people's stories and just know you're not alone. Um, and just providing. So all the money that we're raising today is going to other organizations that help out, like the homeless, um, food resources, lack of uh, mental health services. So it goes back into the community um, for the help that we all need. And you've uh, raised almost $3,000. And so that must be so great to know that people care, right? Yeah, it's over 3,000 with the cash donations we got and everything okay. too. So I can't wait to update everyone. Um, I'm still selling candles and merchandise as well. So you can check out the page or the Facebook, the Insta, or the Facebook page, but yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And so coming back to today, you started at 7 a.m. this morning. So a little later, we little were like later. 8 a.m., <laughs> but yes. But either way, you're nearly there. Yeah. So how can you tell, can you tell us how you're feeling? I'm feeling great. Obviously a little wet, a little cold at points, but um, great. I'm looking forward to the food afterwards, honestly. <laughs> um, but it's a beautiful day. So whether you're running or you're biking 100 kilometers, it's not an easy feat. Yeah. Uh, can you give us an insight to what training looked like for you when you were preparing? <laughs> A lot. So I worked three jobs. So training was either waking up right in the morning and going on my run um, and then making sure you stretch, eat, whatnot, then going to my cleans or doing it late at night. So there was moments where my roommates were going to bed at 10 p.m. and I was going on a half marathon run at that point. So I'd be home at like midnight or 1 a.m. Um, and then I'd be up at 7 a.m. to do it again. Um, so it was pretty exhausting at moments I wanted to give up but you just keep reminding yourself of your why and exactly why you're doing this, you know, why this matters to you. And that was the kick I always needed to get right up. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I actually want to take you back in time a little bit okay. to September 6th. September 6th. Uh, on your Facebook page, that's the day that you said that you finished your first marathon. Yes, yes. And now you're here. So how, how's that feel, you know, just looking back at that time? Amazing. You know, I started running, like I've always been a runner, but not that consistent, you know, like here and there. Um, my biggest run was last year, 13 kilometers on my dad's birthday. Mm -hmm. So when I first told people I was running 100K, they're like, well, how long have you like, how, what's your furthest run? And I was like, 13 kilometers. And they're like, hmm. And I was like, just watch me. Like, I know I can do this. You know, you obviously have to put in the work, um, which I did. And to go from running six kilometers in March to running 42 in September was like, wow, you can really do whatever you put your mind and heart to. Um, it just felt really empowering, you know? Perfect. And going back to, you know, some of those negative comments that you got, yeah. uh, you know, how did you overcome those? Like, what's been your biggest support so far? my friends and loved ones you know obviously 
you have to believe in yourself, but having other people that believe in you and push you and just remind you like, hey, these people don't know you. I've seen you, I've seen what you do, like you're fine. And just having that reassurance really made me feel okay and like good to go. On your social media accounts, you post tons of <laughs> inspirational <lot>. messages, <laughs> I find, whether yeah. they be quotes, posts relating to body positivity. Uh, but one that really stood out to me was how when you're talking about how most people see the happy, motivated side of you, yeah. then there's the other side where yeah. you're, sometimes you struggle. Yeah. And then you did list in your exact words, progress ain't linear, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us what that means to you and how you, how you apply it? So you're always going to have hiccups in life. Even though I am not depressed anymore, not thinking negative thoughts about myself, there's still moments where they arise. And it's just about controlling that and not letting it take over um, you know there's gonna be moments where you lose your job you lose a friendship that you loved um, you're not always gonna be climbing an uphill um, mountain um, but there's gonna be moments where you fall and you just have to pick yourself up and I feel like social media we see everyone's highlight you know we see the greatest moments of their life we don't see when they're struggling so we feel like oh we compare it to our lives and we're like oh like why aren't we feeling this way? Why aren't we doing this? When it's just a glimpse into people's lives. So I want to show everyone like, hey, even the happy person that you see posting all this goes through her moments where she's crying, where she feels like she's not good enough. Um, and it's just about a matter of like moving through them. And do you f find that social media has a big part to play in spreading awareness? Yes, yeah. yes, it helps. But I feel like it can also affect you if you, you know, use it negatively um, and just compare yourself too much or spend your whole life on there too. <laughs> right, <But> yeah. perfect. <laughs> you know, only recently are people beginning to open up and talk about mental health and their struggles mm -hmm. as stigmas around even talking about it are becoming less and less prevalent. So a lot of this stuff is new for people who aren't really aware. What's something that's something that someone can do just to learn? What's the just first step? Just listen to people. You know, a lot of the time when people come to me, I think like, what can I do to fix this problem for them when sometimes it's just a matter of like listening and having someone to go to that you know that's gonna you can lean on you know and it's just a matter of also being kind to everyone because you have no idea what people are going through um, no matter who they are what no matter how much you interact with them on a day-to-day -ba basis you have no idea so I think that's the main message just be kind listen and do your best and do what you can for the people around you and just to drive that point home, can you reiterate again why it's so important just, just to get a dialogue going and spread awareness? Because you have no idea who is struggling and who needs that little, like, maybe that little check-in to finally open up and let it all out. Because I struggled for so many years because I thought no one would understand me or get me or want to be around me for experiencing negative thoughts and, you know, feeling this way. When I realized, like, they also suffer through it and they love me so much that they don't want me feeling that way so they're going to do their best to help me through it as well so it really made a big change when i started being honest about how i was feeling and what i was going through um and not being ashamed of it you know just owning it you know being like this is my past these are the mistakes i've made but look at where i where i what i can do and where i am now perfect and kind of going off of that Looking back at your journey with mental health, at what po at one point you thought you wouldn't even make it past 21. I was like 12, 13 thinking these thoughts, you yeah. know? People were in school planning what careers they had and I 
literally thought I couldn't do anything. So I was like, you know what? I probably won't be around after 21. And I was feeling so horribly, I didn't think I could last that long feeling that way. Um, so yeah. And you know, you're obviously here now. You're doing much better. Much better. Can you tell us, is there any like advice that you want to give to your past self looking back at that time? Hmm. Anything you'd want to say? Be more gentle, you know, believe that time can change things around for you, you know, just take time to grieve, take time to be angry, take time to cry, but then take time to wipe off your tears and get up and just keep going, you know? And I feel like, um, probably would have been more open sooner, you know, reached out to my friends sooner, yeah, things like that. And those are just some of the lessons you've learned since then. Yep, absolutely. Okay. And so once you're done here today, uh, what do you hope to accomplish once the fundraiser's done, once today is done? What's the, what's the next step? I'm planning across Canada <laughs> soon, whether that be two to three years. Um, but yeah, that's probably the next step. Obviously, I'm going to run in springtime. I'm really excited for that. So I'm going to continue training for that through winter. Um, I thought I was going to escape the cold, but guess not. Um, and then, yeah, maybe across Canada, once COVID hopefully um, clears up, I want to get into schools, start talking to students, you know, teens, because I feel like teens struggle so much. You're going through all these hormones and you're trying to figure out who you are and you're comparing yourself to everyone in high school. So I think it'd be good to get into there too and talk to the teens that are suffering and be like, I've been there, I've felt it, and now look, you know, so there's hope for you. Your story isn't over yet, you know, just keep fighting, keep fighting for the light. <laughs> Perfect. And on a final note, the final thing I want to leave the viewers with, Victoria, if your father were here right now, what do you think, uh, what do you think he would say to you? I think he'd say he was, he was proud of me and that he loves me and that nothing I did was my fault, you know, that I couldn't save him, that he just felt so much pain. Um, that he felt like he needed to leave. Um, and yeah, I would just hug him and tell him I love him too. Perfect. Thank you again, Victoria. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm.